who do you need to forgive? That's a fun way to start, right? Who do you need to forgive? Let me ask it this way. Who's the person when you're out and about, when we're able to do that again, and you're at your favorite restaurant, eating your favorite dish with your favorite people, and you look across the room and you see this person come in, and your stomach like drops into your toes, and you either want to dive under the table and hide, or you want to go over and slap them across the face, soap opera style? Who's that person? Who do you need to forgive? Who comes to mind? And it's only fair if I ask you who that is for you, that I have to think of somebody who needs forgiveness, right? So let's call him Doug. Now, Doug isn't his actual name, and if your name is Doug, I'm sorry for using that name. I'm sure you're delightful and you aren't like Doug at all, but I had a friend named Doug. Doug was a really good friend. We spent time together. We helped each other out. Doug was fun to be around. You have a friend like that? You know, just we celebrated birthdays together. We went to movies together. I thought Doug was really a lifelong friend. You know, I remember having these honest conversations about things that frustrated us or we vented about things going on in our lives and he would call, maybe we'd chat about advice or we'd, we'd chat about the things that, that were bothering us in the world. And I remember I was going through something particularly difficult and Doug called me and just said, hey, I want you to know I'm here. I care about you. If you need to talk, I'm, I, I just want to support you in that way. And I, I really appreciated it. I mean, we genuinely cared for one another. We even cried at funerals together. Do you have a friend like that? And then one day, Doug was gone. I mean, he didn't die. I know it kind of sounds like that. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Doug just stopped being friends with me. And I'm still not sure why. I mean, one relationship, you know, that I invested in, you know, and cared about, and put energy into was, was Doug, and now it was gone. Now, Doug was still around. I would see him. We just weren't friends anymore for some reason. I tried to reach out just to, to see what happened so we could clear the air. Maybe something was going on, and, and he, we set up a time, and then he stood me up. I tried to reschedule. Never heard back from him. Then I found out that Doug was saying some negative things about me behind my back, which hurt. Things that weren't true, which hurt even more. And since then, I've seen Doug a, a couple of times. It, it's awkward every time. And, and there's part of me that's never gotten past the hurt. And, and he seems not to care. He seems to be fine. He, he's never even acknowledged it in a real way. And it might seem small to you or trivial to you, I don't know, but, but to me, it's still real and it hurts and I feel betrayed, you know, like, like I didn't even matter in the first place. I feel silly for even investing in a relationship that would end that way. And, and when I think about it, I still struggle with, with anger and with bitterness because what Doug did is not okay. Have you ever felt like that? I mean, we all feel hurt. You know, we feel like a person who has wronged us should explain to us why. Why did this happen? 
What did I do to deserve being treated like this? I think I deserve an apology. And every once in a while, something reminds us of the Doug in our life. And that pain kind of comes flooding back, even if it's been a long time. And if we're not careful, that pain turns into bitterness and anger and resentment and depression and all of that bubbles up. And even if he does say, you know what, I'm, I'm sorry about it, what he did isn't okay. Now we're continuing a series that we're calling Squad Goals, and we're talking about healthy relationships. And today we're going to focus specifically on this hard topic of forgiveness. Now we all have people in our lives that have hurt us in one way or another. Now some are more serious than others. Some of us are more aware of it than others. But think about that person, that person in your life. What did they do to you? Maybe they stole from you. Maybe they harmed you in some very specific way. Maybe they abused you or or someone you love. Maybe they said something about you that isn't true. Maybe they embarrassed you. Maybe they betrayed you. And if I'm being super blunt, we don't want to forgive them. I mean, we don't think that they deserve our forgiveness, do we? We don't want to let them off the hook. We hold on to those grudges and that bitterness and that pain because the person who we need to forgive doesn't deserve our forgiveness. At least that's what we think in our heads and feel in our hearts. So why don't we? Why don't we want to forgive them? I think it really comes down to this primary thing. We don't forgive because we think people owe us something. What do they owe you? I mean, I don't owe them forgiveness. They owe me an apology. Maybe they deserve to pay for what they did. They deserve to go to jail. They deserve to be exposed for the person that they really are. I don't want to forgive them unless. I don't want to forgive them unless the debt is paid. Have you ever thought anything like that? I don't want to forgive them unless they do this or they do that. I don't want to forgive them unless they make it right. I don't want to forgive them unless they own what they did. I don't want to forgive them unless they apologize to my face. I don't want to forgive them unless they understand and feel the same depth of hurt that I feel. I don't want to forgive them unless justice is served. I don't want to forgive them unless they pay. And if I can be super honest, this is the real one for me. I don't want to forgive them ever. Ever. I won't do it. They owe me that much. They don't deserve it. They're in my debt. And I'm saying enough is enough. And if I forgive them, it excuses their behavior. It gets them off scot-free. It means they got away with it. Forgiveness is saying, no, it's okay. Turns out, that's actually not quite the way it works. Now, if you have a Bible or you have a Bible app, We're going to be spending our time in Matthew 18. And Matthew is one of the Gospels. It's in the second half of the Bible, the New Testament. It talks about the life and ministry of Jesus. It's the first book in that New Testament. And it probably doesn't surprise you that Jesus talked about forgiveness, but it might surprise you a little bit what he said about it. Now, right before the story that we're about to talk about, Jesus has been teaching about conflict. 
Jerry actually talked about conflict a couple of weeks ago. It was a great message. I'd encourage you to check that out online. And right after this section that Jesus is talking about conflict and how to deal with disagreements, how to respond when somebody wrongs you, Peter, one of the followers of Jesus, asks this great question. Here it is. Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? I love Peter. I mean, we'd be bros, I think. I'm thankful for somebody like this. You know, this follower, this disciple who asks crazy questions, you know, says outlandish things. And Jesus is teaching on conflict. And I don't know, I don't know if they raised their hands when they had questions, you know, but he's like, hey, Jesus, I got, I got, I got one for you. Uh, hey, so this guy hurt me. How many times should I forgive him? And then Peter goes on and answers the question. Have you ever done that in a conversation? You know, when, when you answer the question, you've never done that, right? Right, you've never done that. Peter says seven times, right? That's how many times? Seven times. That's a lot of times. That's six too many times. And I think Peter, maybe he's thinking, hey, Jesus is going to say two times. Or, or maybe Peter's thinking, I'll keep track of how many times, and then when I reach the limit, I'll be done with this guy. And my guess is there's somebody that Peter is thinking about, like you're thinking about and like I'm thinking about right now, when he asks this question. Maybe it's a bad friend. You know, maybe it's somebody who lied about Peter. Maybe his name is Doug. We don't know. And Peter's asking, how many times do I need to forgive Doug? And here's Jesus' answer. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. What? That's like 490 times. That's too many times. That seems like a really high number. And Jesus is saying, no, okay, it's not seven times or five times. It's like all of the times. And then Jesus goes and he tells this amazing story that ends with this crazy verse in the Bible. So Jesus tells this story about a king. And the king let people borrow money. And one day, the king decided to collect his debts. And there's this one person who worked for the king that owed a lot of money. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars. He could never pay this debt. So the king says, hey, we're going to sell everything you own. Your land. We're going to sell your family his wife, his kids, to pay off the debt. But the man who had borrowed the money, he fell down to his knees and he begged the king and said, please be patient with me and I'll pay it off. And the king was filled with pity for this debtor and he decided, you know what? We're going to let him go. We're going to let his family go. We're going to give his land back. We're going to forgive the entire debt. Can you imagine going home, finding out the bank was about to foreclose on your house, and then poof, the debt is gone. So this man left the king, and he went to a co-worker who owed him thousands of dollars. And if you can believe it, this man grabbed his co-worker by the throat. He demanded instant payment right on the spot. And his co-worker fell on his knees and begged him, please be patient with me. I'll pay it off. Those are the same words that first man used with the king. But that first man decided, I'm going to have my coworker arrested, 
put into prison, which is actually kind of dumb because how is he going to pay the debt when he's in prison? And some other people were watching this go down and they were upset. So they went and they told the king what that first man had done. So the king called the man in and said, you're evil. I forgave this huge lifelong debt because you begged and you didn't have mercy on your coworker. The king was ticked. He sent the man away to prison to be tortured until he had paid off his debt, which was going to be pretty difficult because he wouldn't be able to pay it off in his lifetime. And then Jesus explains the story. He tells us exactly the point. And this blows me away. Don't miss it. This is what he says. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Wait, 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 wait. So the point of the story is we need to forgive or we get put in prison by God? Well, let's break it down. So remember, Peter, he's the one who raises his hand and asks the question. And Jesus told this story to Peter and in turn to us to help us understand forgiveness in a different way. And my guess is Peter's looking for a reason to not forgive. And now that we can relate to that, and he wanted to draw a line in the sand and say, enough is enough. I'm not going to handle it anymore. And Jesus told this story to Peter. And in the story, God is the king. But Peter's the man who got his debt forgiven and then doesn't forgive the other guy. He's the first man. And in Jesus' parables, his stories with a point, that's what a parable is, Jesus overstates things sometimes so that we can understand it and we can get it. And Jesus is saying, hey, look, forgiveness is mandatory. It's dangerous not to forgive. And the verse at the end of the story, yeah, it's scary and it's hard. And it's basically saying, if I don't forgive, God's going to come after me. And that sounds super negative. Why would Jesus say something like that? Have you ever had to discipline a toddler? I'm not saying you're a toddler, but have you ever had to discipline one? I have to admit, I act like a toddler when it comes to discipline and it, when it comes to forgiveness. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I say like, I don't want to do it. It's not fair. I don't want to. He hurt me first. I yelled at my four-year-old daughter, Eliza, the other day. I mean, I yelled at the top of my lungs. She was playing in our front yard with a bouncy ball and the ball bounced into the street and she started to run after it and a car was coming. And sometimes they go a little too fast in our neighborhood and I just yelled for her to stop. I wasn't mad. I just had to yell to get her attention. I had to yell to keep her safe. And God, because he knows how big of a deal bitterness and resentment and not forgiving really is, he says, he yells, you better forgive. And Jesus is telling Peter, hey, it's not about how many times you forgive, man. It's that you should forgive every single time, no matter what. It's that important. And that's our squad goal for today. Forgive every single time, no matter what. So at first glance, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. What's the saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Why in the world should we forgive every single time? Here are two reasons. Reason number one we should forgive. Refusing to forgive hurts us more. 
We think when somebody hurts us, they owe us something, right? And maybe they even do. But holding on to the debt hurts us more than the original hurt. And your hurt might be significant. But holding on to it, not forgiving, actually grows the hurt. Bitterness or anger or depression grows because we didn't let it go. It's like walking on a twisted ankle. Have you ever done that? And you're walking on the twisted ankle and you, you compensate with the rest of your body and you, you keep putting pressure on the ankle. And so you're walking and you're walking and it hurts. And then you get back to where you started and you go, why in the world does my whole body ache? It's because we never stopped. We never let the ankle heal. And it's, it's like that. Jesus says, forgive every single time because it's healthier for you. Does the original pain go away? No. It still hurts and it, it probably hurts with some intensity. But wounds don't heal because they're still open. And if we leave the wound open without forgiving, it will never heal. There will be scars but it will never heal without forgiveness. Refusing to forgive hurts us more. Here's the second reason we should forgive every single time, no matter what. We lost the right to refuse to forgive because of the cross. So when Jesus tells this story, do you know what he's about to do? He, his followers, you know, his squad, are about to go to Jerusalem and Jesus is going to knowingly, willingly pay the debt for our sins for, we, for where we fall short of God's standard. He's going to pay that debt on the cross. So it's in the shadow of the cross that this story is being told. And we, we forgive not because they deserve it. We forgive because it's for our own good. And we forgive not because we want to, but we forgive because Jesus paid our debt. And as a follower of Jesus, our debt is paid. He stepped into our place. But just like in this story, when we're forgiven, like we lose the right to refuse to forgive someone else's debt like that first man did in the story. And forgiveness is important. It's vital, actually, to our relationships. It will be hard for us to have healthy relationships without a healthy dose of forgiveness. So we lose the right to refuse to forgive because of what Jesus did on the cross. But how do we do it? So we know we should do it, but how do we finally forgive something we've been holding on to for a long time? Now, Jerry mentioned a couple weeks ago a book called Louder Than Words by Andy Stanley. It's a great book. It's about character and integrity. But in chapter 12, Stanley gives this process about forgiveness and how to forgive that I think is significant. We're going to dig into a little bit today. So here's the three-step process that Stanley lays out in his book. Number one, charge the defendant. If you've ever wanted to be a lawyer, Here's your chance. I love lawyer shows, you know, Law and Order SVU, dun dun, you know, that type of situation. And do you ever have those imaginary lawyer conversations? You know, you're, you're in the car, you've been hurt by somebody, and you're building a case that the Supreme Court couldn't overturn. 
And the person who owes you an apology or owes you that justice looks at you and says in your head, I'm right, I'm sorry, you're amazing. And in these imaginary conversations, we always win and we always put people in their place and there are always other people watching us do that. And it ends with this person who hurt us telling us, oh my, that's, that's just all my fault. Is it, is it just me? Just, I'm the only one who does that? When you feel this type of thing in your soul, here's my encouragement to you. Lean into it, but actually do it. Just like in the courtroom, formally charge the defendant. We could say something like, you know, Doug is charged with abandoning the friendship, charged with not being kind, taking advantage, not treating people with respect, hurting a friend. He owes an apology He owes an explanation. So you charge the person who's hurt you. Maybe you even write it down, actually put it down, because you have to understand what you're forgiving. Not just that you're hurt, but why you're hurt. If you cancel a debt, you need to understand how much debt is owed. So that's the first step. Write it down, charge the defendant. Here's the second step. Drop the charges. The step is hard. This is where you look at the debt that you're owed and you cancel it. I mean, you're not going to press charges. It could be as simple as saying a prayer, you know, like the one that Stanley uses in his book Heavenly Father, blank has taken blank from me. I've held on to this debt long enough. I choose to cancel this debt. Blank doesn't owe me anymore. Just as you forgave me, I forgive blank. Now here's an important distinction to make when we're, when we're thinking through this. We don't feel like forgiving. We decide to forgive. Dropping the charges actually helps to change the way that we feel. And if you're waiting to feel like you should to forgive, you're you're likely going to be waiting for a while. So don't let your feelings or your pride dictate your response. And you're right, they they don't deserve forgiveness likely. But it's not about justice. It's about mercy. Here's the difference. Justice is getting what you deserve. I want other people to get what they deserve, you know? If you ever watch that in a movie and you're like, ooh, they got what they deserve. They, they should have seen that coming. Justice is getting what you deserve. But mercy, mercy is not getting what you deserve. I want to get mercy. I want other people to get justice. You know, especially those who have wronged me and are in my debt. That's who I want to have justice. I'm looking at you, Doug. So you charge the defendant and then you decide You decide to drop the charges and you say the words. And I'd encourage you to say them out loud. I forgive. And we think that we're done, but we're not quite done. We have one more step. Dismiss the case. So you charge the defendant, you drop those charges, and then you dismiss the case. So what happens when you're out and about and you're at your favorite restaurant diving into your favorite dish with your favorite people and that person comes into the room and you look across and you see them? Doug. 
Well, you have a choice. You can reopen the case and you can pick back up the debt. That's one choice. Or you can ignore it and push it down deep and wait for it to explode at another time. That's another choice. Neither one of them are great decisions. Or you can lean into what you're feeling, understand it, and remind yourself that the case is dropped. You didn't just not press charges, but you dismissed the case never to pick it up again. You canceled the debt. It's been forgiven. But that's an ongoing process. And it's okay to feel the things that you feel. It's just good to remind yourself that you've dismissed the case. Have you ever heard of the term forgive and forget? It's actually not what we're talking about. Because what they did is not okay, and you don't have to forget it. You can't forget it, maybe, on this side of heaven. And you likely won't forgive it. You don't have to forget it. You just have to forgive it. And that means dismissing the case. That means not holding a grudge. And it could mean no longer having contact with that person. It could mean leaving an unhealthy situation. Those are examples of dismissing a case. It could mean creating boundaries. But really, dismissing the case is choosing not to hold on to the pain. Not imprisoned by the bitterness or the hurt or the debt anymore. It's letting it go. And yeah, every time that I hear frozen, I think of forgiveness. You just think, let it go, let it go. Because that's really what dismissing the case is. Let it go. And don't fall into the trap thinking that you forgive once and then you never have to think about it again. It's just deciding to let it go each time. Jesus is saying, forgive every single time, 70 times, seven times, no matter what. And there will be a day that after you've forgiven, something reminds you of Doug. Or Doug does something else to hurt you and you forgive again. You go through the process again. You charge the defendant 70 times 7. You drop the charges 70 times 7. You dismiss the case 70 times 7. Here's kind of a way to sum it all up. Forgive others like God forgave you. Sometimes when we've been wronged, we forget that we make mistakes too. Now remember, Doug, that's a true story. It's about a real person in my life. But I was thinking about forgiveness, and I realized I have a confession. Turns out I am Doug too. I've hurt people. Maybe you've hurt people. But I've hurt people in the same way that Doug hurt me. I had a friend in high school. Reality is he reached out a couple of times, and I ghosted him, didn't call him back. I avoided the hard conversations with him. He was a good friend to me. I don't think I was a good friend to him, especially at the end. I don't have a justification for why I treated him this way. I'm not proud of how I treated him. And we've reconnected some since then, but the reality is I was wrong, and the relationship will never be back to what it was. I didn't treat my friend well. Have you ever wronged somebody? Have you ever needed forgiveness? I mean, the answer is yes. We forgive every time, no matter what, because we've been forgiven. And not by people, even though that's a good thing to remember. And yeah, maybe you need to own something and ask for forgiveness. That's good, but that's not the point of what we're talking about today. It's no matter what you've done, no matter 
how you've acted, no matter who you have hurt, we're forgiven. And because we're forgiven and because of the cross, because of what Jesus did on the cross, paying that full price for our debt, forgiving our debt like the man in the story, we have this choice of turning and either not forgiving the person who owes us or being like Jesus and forgiving the person who has hurt us. What an amazing example and reminder of who Jesus is and what forgiveness really looks like. And we're going to actually, in a little bit, have communion together and remember that debt that Jesus paid for us. So right now, wherever you are, maybe you're on your couch, maybe you're, you're sitting there and that person keeps coming to your mind and you, you keep trying to fight it. Bring that person that you need to forgive to your mind. And take a moment and charge the defendant. What did they do? What do they owe you? What did they take from you? Charge the defendant. Make your case. Now, drop the charges. Here's how you do that. Pray this prayer with me. Go ahead and bow your heads. Pray this prayer right from where you're at. Heavenly Father, and fill in these blanks. Blank has taken blank from me. I've held on to this debt long enough. I choose to cancel this debt. This person doesn't owe me anymore. Just as you forgave me, God, I forgive blank. And keep your head bowed, and I'll, I'll pray for us to close. Heavenly Father, we, we need forgiven. And we need help to forgive. Help us dismiss the case. Help us never go back, never pick it up again. And even if we feel like it, even if that emotion is strong, and when we do pick that hurt and that debt back up, help us to forgive again. And again, 70 times 7. Remind us that we've made the decision to forgive just like you forgave us, God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for paying our debt for every single mistake in our life. We can't repay that in any other way than forgiveness. Thank you for your love. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.